me to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We were there this morning. We're going to be there tonight and continue to talk about the subject of patience. We saw this morning that we are to be patient until the Lord comes back. And uh, when, when uh, James was writing, he was writing to some believers who were going through difficulties, they were going through persecutions, uh, there was trouble, there was temptations uh, on, their, on their path. And uh, he explained how important it was for them to have patience, just to simply be patient. And that the, the harvest is not now, but the harvest will come if we're patient and if we wait and if we have our hearts established. I want you to look with me at, uh, at three more verses. Let's all stand together. And in James chapter 5, I want you to look with me in verses 10, 11, and 12. James chapter 5, verse 10 says, Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay lest ye fall into condemnation. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be here tonight. It's good, Lord, to have our Bibles in our hands. It's good to have a, a God that we can depend upon, that as our song just stated, you never change. You never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're thankful for that. We're thankful, Lord, for your steadfastness. We can depend upon you. We can trust you. We pray that as, as we take a look at some examples in the scriptures of patience tonight, help us to, to realize that, Lord, that's something that you not only required of the saints in the, in the past, but you required of us, it, it of us before, just before the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to get his own. We look forward to that day, but, Lord, help us to be patient, waiting for your coming. Uh, Lord, bless us this time together and speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. What we looked at this morning was an explanation of, of patience. Tonight we're going to take a look at some examples that we find of patience. In James 5.10, he says, Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. He uses the prophets as an example, and, and Jesus also used the prophets. He was referring to them. If you'll keep your finger here and go with me back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And look with me in verses 10, 11, and 12. Matthew chapter 5. 10, 11, and 12 says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you 
and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, how, did, how is it that the, the prophets exhibited patience? Well, first of all, they, they suffered while they were doing God's will. Um, you know, you can, you can suffer and you will suffer for sin. The Bible says, whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. That, uh, that works for sowing to the spirit, but that also works obviously for sowing to the flesh. And when we sow sin, we'll reap, we'll reap the results of that sin. But you can also suffer for doing right. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And in 2 Timothy 3, look down in verse 12. 2 Timothy 3, 12. Simple verse, but it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Well, the Bible says that if you're, if you're going to live for God, basically, bottom line is, the world isn't going to like it. Lost people aren't going to like it. And so you're, you're going to have resistance. You're going to have persecution. Um, sometimes we get this idea that obedience equals rest and continual blessing. So we get this idea that, you know, if, if, if I do right, then God immediately has to dump the blessings upon me because I did right. We, we you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, we kind, we kind of act like God owes us something. I got news. God owes us nothing. We owe him everything. Because, because he saved our soul, he forgave us of all of our sins. Uh, he does not owe us a thing. But, but the truth of the matter is, will God bless you for, for doing right? Yes, but it doesn't always come in the form that you and I expect it to come in. And oftentimes, it, it, it comes, what comes with it are difficulties and troubles and trials. Um, you know, Jesus did right for his entire life. Have you ever thought about this? You ever thought about what it would have been like to be one of the brothers or one of the sisters of Jesus Christ? I'd like to have a brother that absolutely never did anything wrong, never got disciplined, because he always did right. Now, I know there's some of you that think that you were that child, but you weren't, okay? <laughs> you, you know, we've, we've all sinned and we've all done wrong, but Jesus never did. And yet, what was his end? His end was a cross. His, and, and, and so we, we look at that and we forget, and, and you know, we think that, will get better than that. Well, no. If you do right, right, there's going to sometimes be a price to pay. You know, they say you can't do wrong and get away with it. You can't do right and get away with it either. Well, it, there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, this, is a, th this is a lesson that I had not learned until I got into ministry. And uh, it, was, it was in a particular time of my life when God really, really showed me that, look, uh, you, can, you can do right and the bottom can fall out. You can obey God. You can be right smack dab in the middle of the will of God and everything can fall apart. And that's why it's so important that particularly during those times, but it's really true about our entire life, we have to be patience, patient. And one of the 
one of the things that causes us to have patience is just simply trusting God, believing that he's in control, believing that he knows what he's doing, and believing that, that uh, he will control the matter and, and it's all in his hands. Um, another thing that, that uh, the prophets, the other way that the prophets exhibited patience was that not only did they suffer while doing God's will, but they waited on God to care for them. They waited on God to care for them. And again, uh, just because we have a need, that doesn't mean that God is immediately going to come to our rescue. Now, he might. He, he could do that. And I've seen him do that in my life. I've seen him do it in the lives of others. But, for instance, you look at Elijah, one of the prophets. He announced to King Ahab that there was going to be three and a half years of drought. And there were three and a half years of drought. Not just, however, for Ahab. Three and a half years of drought for Elijah. <laughs> he had to live through that thing, too. And, you know, sometimes we forget that. Now, did God take care of him? Yes, he did. And he, he made it through the drought. But he had, to, he had to go through that drought. He was right smack dab in the middle of God's will, but he had to wait for God to, 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 uh, to care for him and to, to, uh, to provide. Um, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians 10, look down at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, sometimes that way of escape is an escape hatch, and you totally escape the whole situation. Other times, it's like the Apostle Paul. Uh, my grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, you, are, you are given the special grace to be able to bear it. And, and that's what the prophets did. And they, 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 they learned that they had to, to wait upon the Lord and that the Lord would take care of them. Third thing is that they willingly endured trials and sufferings at the hands of unbelievers and also professing believers. Uh, you look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah was arrested. He was arrested as a traitor. He was thrown into a well at one time to die. Uh, there is no uh, record of really of any converts because of Jeremiah's preaching. There's, there's, uh, in fact, it was the religious crowd that went against him. One time he was out on the street and God told him to take a yoke and to explain to the nation of Israel that, and put that yoke upon him and explain to the nation of Israel that they were about to enter the yoke of slavery and of bondage and captivity. And it was a religious man who came. It was a, a false prophet who came and grabbed that yoke and smashed it and said, no, God's going to release us from bondage. Well, that wasn't true. Now, again, was, was, was Jeremiah faithful? Yes, he was. Now, did he struggle? Oh, yeah, he sure did. The, you know, there was one time where he said, Thou hast deceived me. He's talking to God. He says, Thou hast deceived me, and I have been deceived. Well, no, he didn't deceive him. He told him right in chapter 1 that, that uh, not to be afraid of their faces and that, that they would not receive the message 
that uh, he was to give. And so Jeremiah had to, to willingly endure all that stuff and be patient during it. Uh, Daniel's another example. He, he, he had to endure accusations. And did Daniel do anything wrong? No, he didn't. He was being true to his God. Um, I read you on Wednesday night uh, a um, uh, illustration of that in modern day. There, uh, a baseball player by the name of Coonrod, who uh, this, I think it was just this last week, refused to kneel uh, during the national anthem. By the way, that is the right response. You kneel before your God. You kneel before your God. And that was really what, what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. We won't bend and we won't bow. Uh, and so, so uh, Kunrad had the, the, right, the right attitude about it. He says, listen, he says, the only one I kneel before is my Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, did he get persecuted for that? Yes, he did. Did, uh, did, you know, did folks appreciate his stand? No, they didn't. And, and I'm given those kind of examples for a reason. Folks, we're, we're entering into a time like we've never seen in America. I've never seen in my lifetime. Uh, we're, we're entering into a time where you may, you may have to, at your job, in your family, uh, with your friends, you might have to take a stand that's very, very unpopular. You might have to, to uh, speak up for something that nobody else is speaking up for. Uh, and, but but uh, uh, like the prophets, we ought to be willing and be patient and, and be willing to, to suffer whatever, whatever it is to, do, to be able to take a stand and do right. Uh, Daniel ended up thro getting thrown into the lion's den. Did God take care of him? Yes, he did. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are three other examples. Did God take care of them? Yes, yes, he did. However, their attitude was, well, if God takes care of us, he's going he's to save us uh, from, the, from the fiery furnace. But if not, <laughs> you know, we're not going to bend and we're not going to bow. I'm sorry. We are staying firm. And that firmness comes from patience in our souls. Uh, many, many suffered uh, w with, uh, w without uh, ongoing human encouragement. They didn't have encouragement. They didn't have somebody behind them uh, or alongside of them saying, listen, let's just stick with the stuff together. Many of them had to, had to stand alone. Uh, turn with me back a little bit uh, to the book of Hebrews and go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a faith hall of fame. And in Hebrews 11, at the end of the chapter, he goes through and chronicles people in the Old Testament that took a stand for right. And uh, in, in verse 32, it says, And what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, in fight, uh, uh, turned to, to flight, uh, the armies of the aliens, women received their, uh, received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings. You notice how that thing's changed now. It kind of turned. In, in, the, in the first group, he said, listen, they were delivered. In the others, they weren't immediately delivered. And it says in others, uh, verse 36, others had trial of cruel mocking and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. They had faith and one of the things that went hand in hand with their faith was patience. They were willing to endure the trials. They were willing to endure the difficulties and the persecutions. And again, some God delivered and others he did not deliver and they were just simply faithful unto death. Our patience in times of suffering is a, is a huge testimony to other people. You know, it's, it's one thing to have a smile on your face and, uh, and to have uh, a song in your heart and on your lips when things are going well, but when things are going hard, when things are getting difficult, do they still see the same song? Do they still see the same smile? Again, patience will allow us to get through those things. Now, the next example that he gives, going back to James chapter 5, look, look at verse 11. It says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He takes, uh, he takes patience and he links it with endurance, and he uses Job as an example. Uh, you know, the, the truth is you can't, have, you can't have endurance in your life unless you have trials, unless you have difficulties, unless you have suffering. Um, you, can't, you can't have victories unless we have battles. Uh, you know, we've got to go through some things. Uh, you, can't have, you can't have mountaintop experiences without having the valleys. And the valleys help you appreciate the mountaintops. And the, the battles help you appreciate the victories. And the, the, the sufferings help you appreciate the grace of God and the mercy of God uh, that's fresh and new every day. Uh, God, God balances these things. Uh, he balances privileges with responsibilities. He balances blessings with burdens. He blesses pleasures with pain. And, you know, we just want to have the one side of that thing. We want to have the privileges. We want to have the blessings. We want to have the pleasures. But God said, no, it's also, in, it's also important that you also have the responsibilities, that you have the burdens, and that you have the pain so you can see that my grace is sufficient for thee. You know, it's one thing for Paul to say that. It's another thing for Paul to say that having been through a situation where he had a thorn that he asked God to remove. God said, no. But he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then you can tell that Paul was patient in that thing, in, in not only his, in, in the request, but he was patient in the answer that, he gave, that, that God gave to him because he said that he would rejoice 
in his infirmities. He glory in his infirmities. He had the right attitude, and that was, I believe, seen largely through, through patience. And again, that, that business of patience and faith, they are, they are uh, walking hand in hand in our lives. It's important to not just have faith, but also to have patience. And, and that patience trusts that God will see us through. In, in the book of Job, you see this, you see this, the, the obvious patience that Job had. In fact, the, the phrase is used here, the patience of Job. And uh, Job had much patience. In, in verses 1 through 3, Job goes through dis, distress. I said verses, it should be chapters. Chapter 1 through 3, uh, Job goes through distress. In chapter 4 through 31, he goes through defense. He's, he's got his so-called friends that come and try to encourage him and help him and really call him just a dirty, rotten sinner. You must have done something in secret. And that's why you're getting bombasted from God, because obviously that's the only time that God goes after, allows us to go through these kind of things. And, uh, and then in, verse, in chapters 38 through 42, he goes through deliverance. So we see the, the distress, the defense, and then the deliverance. But through that whole cycle of things, he had patience with God. Now, are there times when, when he was frustrated? Absolutely. Uh, he had more questions than he had answers. And the, the biggest thing that, that, frustrated, that frustrated Job through that whole trial was the fact that God did not speak to him, that God did not give him an answer. Now, here's the thing. Though Job had no clue what was going on in the background, you and I know because we've read chapter 1, and we know that uh, God and Satan had a, had, had a, a discourse, a dialogue, a little bit of a confrontation back and forth about Job. And uh, what we know is that God bragged on Job. And he bragged on Job because he knew what Job was made of. And he knew, he knew also that Job loved him and that, that, uh, that he was true to him. And, uh, uh, but Job didn't know any of those things. You know, we read that, and to us, it's just clear as crystal. But you think of Job, who had absolutely no clue what was happening in the background. Now, here's the thing. Job had no clue what was going on in the background. Can I tell you something? You and I don't know either. We have no clue what's going on in the background. We have no clue what the end is going to be. Sometimes we think we do, but we don't. We have no clue what's going on in heaven. We have no clue oftentimes really what God's uh, you know, eventual or total plan is for us. Uh, we, but, but there's one thing we can do. We, you know, we might not be able to figure the whole thing out, and I understand that. But one thing you can do, and that is, and one thing we must do, and that is to be patient. Job questioned God's will, but he never left his faith in God. He never uh, really doubted the Lord. He didn't understand why God was doing things, but he didn't doubt him. In Job 13, verse 15, it says this. Job said this. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Let me ask you something. Can you say that? Is that your attitude? It ought to be. It ought to be your attitude. It ought to be my attitude. Listen, whether I get good at the hands of God or whether I get problems and troubles and difficulties for the rest of my life, no matter what happens, yet will I 
trust him. And again, that trust and that patience in, in the Lord and, and, and patience in circumstances and trials is, is absolutely vital. Uh, why, why didn't God protect Job? Why didn't God uh, stop Job from having all the problems and all the difficulties that he had? Well, because during the process, Job was purified. And during the process, God was glorified. Uh, and during the process, and of course, we don't, we don't see this, but we know this, this is the obvious conclusion. The devil was shamed during the whole thing. Uh, the, the devil was wrong, God was right, and Job was faithful. You know, uh, my Bible tells me over in the book of Revelation that, uh, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That means he hates your guts. That means he hates my guts. He's, he's, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's constantly an accuser of the brethren. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to, in my life, prove him absolutely wrong. And that's what Job did. Job proved that, that Satan was wrong. Job proved that God was right. And he had, that he had implicit faith and trust in him. When, uh, when, when we go through fires of testing, when we go through difficulties, uh, remember, God's in control. Uh, over in Job 23.10, it says, But he knoweth the way that I take. Job said this, he says, When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And uh, the whole process, again, is to purify us and to glorify God. Um, you know, what, one of the things that Satan wanted Job to do was to get impatient with God. And because patience, impatience, can, can hurt us and can hurt our testimony. Uh, impatience on our part says that our God doesn't know what he's doing and we have to take the bull by the horns. Impatience says that, that we really don't trust God. Um, you look back at, at the life of Abraham and when he got impatient, who was born? Ishmael. But that's because he was impatient. God promised him. He said, look, I'm going to give you a seed. But he, he got to the point in age, and his wife got to the point in age where he said, listen, I guess I'm just going to have to take care of this thing. Uh, and, and, and the Jews have been suffering for that, that decision ever since because that's the, the, that, those are the Arab nations. Moses' impatience uh, cost him the promised land. Uh, he, 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 did, he did not trust God. He did not believe in God like he was supposed to. He did not sanctify God in the, the sight of the people and, and because of that, uh, he got impatient, he got angry, and he ended up losing, losing the, the promised land. God allowed him to go up on a peak and to go on a peak, go up on a peak and get a peak of, of the promised land, take a, take a glimpse of it. That was it. He says, listen, you're just going to see it from here. You're not going to see it face to face. Uh, Peter, uh, boy, you talk about somebody who's impatient. It's, it definitely was Peter. And it almost made him a killer. Uh, can you imagine if, if uh, that sword, when he was in the garden, hit, hit someplace other than the ear of Malchus? 
uh, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, if he'd just been a few, few more inches off, he'd have killed that guy. He could have killed him. And uh, impatience can do, can do irreparable damage. I, I, I can't tell you the number of times, and I don't want to tell you the number of times, don't even want to think about it, really, the times when I was impatient with God, I took the bull by the horns, I went ahead and acted when God had not said to act yet, and ended up paying for it greatly. Not only do we pay for it, but understand this, our testimony pays for it. Every time we get impatient, what we're really saying is we have a God that we can't trust. And, and never forget that God is always gracious. He's always gracious and he's got a purpose. He's got a purpose for our sufferings. He's got a purpose for our difficulties and troubles. His, his love hasn't quit and been put on hold because you have a difficult situation. Uh, his purposes will be, be worked out, and they'll always be worked out in his time, and they'll always be worked out for his glory. Um, you know, we, we were not created to be robots. We were not created to be puppets uh, who, who just become a victim of circumstance. That's not our God. That's not how he operates. And uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, he wants to get glory through anything and everything that happens in our lives. And one of the ways that he gets glory is, is by, by us being patient and being faithful. And then, then look down in verse 12. Have you ever read down through this thing? And you know, one of the things that's so important for us to do whenever we read our Bibles is to, to always take verses in context. And understand that verses uh, aren't, aren't just thrown in there haphazardly. They have, a, they have a rhyme and a reason and a context to them. But you, you, we just read about, about patience and about the patience of Job and about the patience of the prophets. And then look in verse 12, and it almost seems like verse 12 is out of place. It says, but above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Now, what, what in the world? Why did God put that in there? I believe he put it in there because you look at the, at the context, the context is suffering, the context is going through difficulties, the context is having patience with God during those times. And it's during times of sufferings that we can do really stupid stuff. It's during times of suffering, uh, during times when pressure is on us, that we can make decisions that aren't of God at all. And, 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 and we, we go ahead and we, we, uh, we make vows. You know, you see this, you see this in the scripture. Uh, Jephthah, Jephthah was a man who, he was brought up in a home where uh, he, he was, he was uh, neglected and, and shunned by his brother, by his brothers. And later on, they came to him because they knew that he was strong and that they knew he was a, he was a good fighter. And uh, they asked him to, to lead them into battle. And so he so badly wanted to get the victory and he so badly wanted to get the approval of his brothers 
that he said, Lord, I'll tell you what, you give me that victory, and the first thing that comes out of my house, I'll sacrifice before you. Now, think about that. You know, do you have chickens and horses and cows and things like that walking around in your house so that if they were to come out, that's what you could sacrifice? No, there's people inside of those homes. And, and, and again, his, 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 uh, his vow and his, his vow to God was a, was, a, was a foolish one. Why? Because he got impatient. And, and uh, we, we make foolish vows when our hearts and our desires are not where God wants them to be. Another one is Elijah. Um, Elijah went up against 450 prophets of Baal. He slew them all. Uh, God sh showed a great victory during that day. And then he got a letter from Jezebel. And basically she said, uh, get out of town or you'll be dead by sundown tomorrow, you know, type of thing. And uh, so he went and he, he ran. He ran uh, away from her. He, he did not take instruction from God. He was impetuous. He was not patient at that time. And during that time was when he came to God and said, said God, just go ahead and kill me. Now, you know what? That, that's, that's, a, that's a dumb thing to ask of God uh, if, if God's not done with you yet. And... Uh, but he did. He came to God and said, God, kill me. Now you say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Elijah didn't die. He was taken up, you know, in a whirlwind and, and so forth and in a chariot. And uh, you, you say, uh, you know, he, he, ne he never did die. No, but in the tribulation, according to the Bible, there's two witnesses that are going to be on the earth, Moses and Elijah. And guess what? Elijah's going to get his wish. <laughs> He's going to die. He's going to be decapitated. He's going to be beheaded. Um, and, and, and again, where did that come from? That came from not having patience. When we when we don't when we're impatient, boy, there's all kinds of stupid things that we do, and dumb things that we say. In conclusion, take your Bibles, turn with me to the Book of Job, and we'll close with this. Job chapter one. Job chapter one. And I want you to look with me at the last two verses of the chapter. Job chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. This is Job's attitude. And he carried it with him throughout the book of Job. It says, And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave... And the Lord hath taken away. Now what he's saying there when he says the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away, he says, he, what he's saying is the Lord has a right to give, but he has, also has a right to take it away. And then what he says is basically, I have no room to complain because he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Why? Because he was patient, because he had faith and trust in his God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon the things that we have heard this evening in your word. And Lord, the examples that you've given to us in scripture. And then Lord, the examples that you've given to us in life. I'm thankful for others that 
lives that I've been able to watch who exhibit great patience under great difficulties. And some of them you eventually delivered and others got delivered only in death. Uh, Lord, uh, regardless of whether you deliver us now or deliver us through death or deliver us later, you are a God who's worthy of our trust. You're a God who's worthy of our faith. God, I pray that you'd, you'd speak to hearts th this evening. Help us, Lord, there might be just a, a, a good night just to make a decision that, you know, no matter what befalls me, no matter what happens in my life, I have a God who's the same yesterday and today and forever. I, am, I have a God who changes not. I have a God who does not lie. I have a God who uh, does not change in character. Because of that, Lord, I can trust you. And I will trust you. That's a, that, that'd be a, a good vow and not a, not a vow out of impatience, but a vow out of patience that we could make to you that, Lord, we just want to trust you. We just want to want to uh, depend upon you, lean upon you, no matter what comes our way. Lord, we know that you'll be strong on our behalf. We ask God to your blessings upon this invitation. Speak to our hearts. And God, uh, where there's things that we need to either take care of, admit as sin, confess it before you, or Lord, maybe just rededicate ourselves to you because we have a God who's worthy of our faith, worthy of our trust, and worthy of our patience. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.